Welcome to the WEPC Discipleship Podcast, because the gospel changes everything. Well, uh, welcome to the first episode of the WEPC Advent Podcast. Uh, I'm here Joe Brown, uh, one of the pastors here at the church, and um, yeah, that's who I am. Hey, and I'm Gordon Collier, and I attend WEPC, and I've been coming to WEPC for a long time. Hey, I'm Sarah Tisdale. I've been attending for about two years at WEPC, and I am an artist, and I also have a little podcast called Secret Garden with Sarah, so this is really fun for me. Yes, we have an all-star cast right here. I mean... <laughs> It's amazing. Hey, what we're going to be doing over these next four episodes, we're going to have this episode uh, uh, coming out on, hopefully, will uh, Lord willingly, November 30th, and then we'll have another one uh, the following Monday, and we'll do that all the way up until December 21st. And these four episodes are going to go along with the Advent Reflections that the church has put together. Uh, that are on the church website, WEPC.org. And it's also coinciding with the Family Advent Project, which is uh, an advent tree uh, that is going through the same scripture passages. It's linked to a chapter in the Jesus Storybook Bible, uh, which is one of the best uh, storybook Bibles out there uh, by Sally Lloyd-Jones. Gordon and Sarah, do you guys know the Jesus Storybook Bible? I do not. Okay, Gordon does not know it. Yes. See, Sarah knows. Sarah knows what's up. It is so good. The Jesus Storybook Bible is so good because it's it's written obviously for children. I mean, it's a children's storybook Bible. It's not the full text, but it's it's the story. It's this gospel story. Uh, And what what do you love about it, Sarah? I love that you see the thread of God's loving kindness through it, that he's never going to give up on us. And I can't remember how it says about the love, but it's like the never stopping, never ending. <laughs> I, I don't, you know what I mean? When it, yep, he talks yep. about the love. Um, and yeah, I mean, you can't, I just don't think you can read it without getting a little teary. It's just beautiful. Yeah, I agree. It's like a, it's, it's like a, a children's book in which there's a loving parent who welcomes home a rebellious child which is one of the, you know, that's a great story. And that is a true story of God to his people. Uh, yeah. Praise God for that. Um, yeah, I've, I'm not familiar with this book. I don't know how I missed this. It ca- it came out after your kids had grown up, Gordon. Ah, so, okay. Uh, it's fairly new. I mean, early 2000s or maybe mid 2000s. I don't know, you know, yeah. in that decade. Gotcha. Um, you can you can listen to Sally with her British accent. <laughs> Yes. I have not listened to her reading it. I really should. Oh, good. Well, in many ways, this podcast, these four episodes are doing, we're just, we're just plagiarizing the Jesus Storybook Bible, uh, <laughs> uh, or at least, at least, uh, using that framework to walk through the Old Testament story. The point of the Advent Reflections this year is looking at the gospel redemptive story from creation to the first incarnation, the incarnation of Jesus, the first coming of Jesus, uh, which leads us up to Christmas. And yeah, what these four episodes will do is each episode, the three of us will talk briefly about the stories, the redemptive stories that we see in scripture uh, from the Advent Reflections leading up to the next Monday. So we're going to be looking at the stories from December 1 all the way up to December 7th, uh, which is, or actually, I'm sorry, December 1 all the way up to December 8th, which is the stories of sort of broken up into three sections. The December 1 and, or December 1, 2, and 3, those reflections are about creation and the fall. December's, December's. (laughs) December 4 and 5 are talking about the prehistory, the stuff that is in scripture from Genesis 
4 to 11, uh, that stuff before the patriarchs. And then December 6 through 8 are the story of the patriarchs before Joseph. So Abram, Isaac, Jacob, uh, Sarah, Leah, Rachel. So that's what we're going to do. That's a lot of content. And I, it's, it's just interesting as you were kind of like walking through all of those, I was just thinking to myself, that is a ton of history, right? Like from the yeah. very beginning up until, you know, Rachel and Jacob, and all of that history was set apart to point to Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I just, it's amazing when you kind of think about the, the ancient history and the waiting that was being done, you know, waiting for, waiting for the Messiah yeah. um, throughout that entire history. It's, I don't know. It's just kind of amazing as you, when you kind of think about it. Amen. Amen. I agree. So actually, it, I did unintentionally lie a few moments ago because uh, the very first <laughs> reflection, <laughs> December 1, is uh, Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. It's the very beginning of Hebrews. We don't have time on this podcast to read all these scripture, all this text, but I do think it's probably worth our time to read this very first reflection, the very first scripture in this Advent reflection. This is Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. And it says this, this is the ESV version. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Hmm. Uh, what beautiful, that's beautiful poetry, right? Yeah. That's great. We're uh, we're in quarantine and we're doing this Advent uh, locked away or at least being overtly cautious uh, with (laughs) masks and social distancing and all that stuff. And listeners, we do not know the questions that we're asking or answering beforehand. Um, So be gracious to us. We're Uh, on the fly. Yeah. But like, I don't know, Gordon and Sarah, the, when I read that text, Hebrews one, one through four, what about that strikes to you, especially in light of the quarantine that we live in or that we're in right now? Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I feel I feel like something that I, I didn't grow up really understanding the season of Advent and the waiting period of what that looks like in the in the cycle of the church um, calendar. And so I think there's something about seeing kind of that waiting, like all of this history that we're going to go through in the Old Testament. They were waiting for something, and it was, it, there were a lot of dark times, and I think we all know what that looks like, right? We're human, and mm-hmm. darkness is around us in mm-hmm. this world but they're all waiting for something and just to remember that these last days he's spoken us through his son like that is such a beautiful gift that we have on this side on the new testament side of things but that he was active in all of the darkness in the past too like he knew like he was going to be the light for us and revealed in jesus but he gave us and spoken many times in many ways like he's continually like, kind of like when I just gave my testimony to the youth group this morning, and I was thinking about that. My story, when I look back, it's so evident that he was there in every single thing. But going through it, I didn't really, I didn't really believe it in some mm-hmm. of the times that were really hard. And so I think just having that viewpoint for the Old Testament, especially, um, just seeing how he's at work, and to remember that, to believe that, I really need the Spirit to help me believe that. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. The, the waiting, right. For sure. Is what I'm thinking about. I mean, cause just waiting for this pandemic stuff to be over. Right. <laughs> like right. no matter what you think about it or how you handle it, you know, practically every day, we're all waiting for this just to be done. And, you know, it's, we're all sort of putting, you know, we're all crossing our fingers for the vaccine and, you know, now we, now we have like two, two vaccines that are out there that we're waiting for and nobody knows when it's going to come. And, and in some ways it's kind of similar. I mean, in the, in the 
fact that like the folks of the Old Testament, they were waiting and they, they knew that a Messiah was coming. The Lord was giving them the prophets and um, Abraham and Moses and Noah and ever, all these folks spoke to the coming Messiah, but they were waiting, but they knew that they wouldn't necessarily see the Messiah either. And so I was kind of digging around and I found that Noel Piper, John Piper's wife, um, mm-hmm. has this blog post and she was writing, had, obviously this was written a little while back. It has nothing to do with the pandemic, but she said something I just thought was cool. And they said, she said about the folks in the Old Testament that, you know, in terms of waiting, that they were serving us. And we Christians on this side of Jesus's birth are a God-blessed, happy people because we know God's plan. The ancient waiting is over. We have the greatest reason to celebrate. Like, we'll be on the other side of this at some point, but even in the midst of this, like, we can hope in a Savior. We can we can hope and know that we're taking what we're well cared for and, you know, there's nothing to fear. And I don't know, that's just a real hope to me and uh, a blessing to me every day with everything that's going on with the quarantine and the social distancing and all of that stuff, especially coming up to Thanksgiving as we're recording this, um, it's tough, but we can lean into the promise. And I don't know, that's, that's a real blessing to me. Yeah, that's a, that's a good word. That's a good word. I, I think when I look at Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, it's talking about this, the prophets of old, mm-hmm. and they were, they, they spoke words, right? They spoke uh the, the words of God, the words that God gave them, and they spoke truth. And sometimes people listened. Usually people didn't. <laughs> um, and, you know, but they were, they were trustworthy people. When I, I think it's so true. The Advent is a time of waiting, but it's also, we do it every year because we also have this, like, this knowledge in the back of our head that it ends like this waiting ends. <laughs> like there is a promise. God mm. promised something and he is a trustworthy source. I don't know. When I think about promises, I think that promise of a trustworthy source is worth, is worth it. Mm-hmm. The promise of an untrustworthy source is not worth it. Right. That's sort of what makes, you know, whatever side of the aisle you fall on, like it makes these past few months miserable because whoever is speaking, you sort of are like, is that person trustworthy? Is that person reliable? Mm-hmm. You know, someone told me I need to wear a mask because I have plenty of studies. And then someone else comes along and says, you shouldn't wear a mask because I have plenty of studies. And I'm like, I don't know what studies I need to listen to. Right. Um, I'm going to wear a mask because more studies say I'll wear a mask. But right. anyway, it all just comes down to like the trustworthy source. Like, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. God is, God is the only true, ultimate, infallible, trustworthy source. And Amen. Praise God for that. Yeah. Hallelujah. He's sitting, like he's sitting down at the right hand of the majesty on high, like thinking about that place of like, he has finished what he finished it once and for all. Like I, I can rest in his work. And that is so helpful for me because I want to strive yeah. in my own strength. Like I'm like, I want to do this. I want to figure this out. And I want <laughs> I want to, you know, do the best that I can and all these things. But um, I feel like God's really been putting the word quietness on my heart in the past few months. And but I really appreciate even that prayer reflection um, that says, oh, grant that we may live in quietness and resignation. I mean, that, whoa, yeah. that's like everything against who I am in my flesh, right? And so yeah. I can say, oh, well, I have a Savior who um, has done it. And I can, and, and I get to be, I get to be, part of this inheritance too i'm not just like the stepchild that is like not loved or something which i don't think stepchildren are loved but but like i am fully like given his you know his part of his inheritance i mean like i'm given everything and i think that's what i've been processing as we've been i've been going to galatians with um, the teenagers this this fall and i feel like that the idea of oh before you were under the law and now you are sons of god like that's what you, you graduate by failing you graduate by failing (laughs) knowing that you don't pass (laughs) um but then you become sons of god and to rest in that oh i get to say oh daddy god help me (laughs) right that's really that's really cool um it's really been blowing my mind it's such a simple concept but it's it really just to rest in that is is really sweet for me this season especially in you know there's so much confusion and we don't know what to do and it's just hard. I feel like we're in that, we're really trying to learn how to persevere 
in a way that we've never done before. So mm. to ask for help, say help. Abba. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's cool. a great word. I love that. I, and it's, it's funny. You kind of talked about weakness. I somebody mentioned to me, um, Joe and I are in a small group together and we were talking one of the guys talked about, cause I'm, as I'm kind of dealing with COVID and work stuff, trying to figure out what the next few months and what next year looks like. One of the guys said to me, don't be afraid to do something you know you're weak at because when you're weakest, that's when, that's when the Lord is strong. That, that has stuck with me since, since this past Friday. And yeah. it is so, so true. And it just, it changed my perspective a little bit in the sense that, yeah, like, you know, when I'm weak, he is strong yeah. and he is sovereign, like you said earlier, and I can rest in that and I can yeah. be quiet <laughs> and I, I could probably use some, an, an opportunity to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. This is worth the price of admission. Just what you guys have just said. This is, it's amazing. So like this waiting, we get to the second day of reflection. We're looking at creation, God creating everything beautifully, you know, creating it good. And the pinnacle of his creation is uh, humanity, his man made in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them. And we are the apple of God's eye. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. That's a glorious thing. And then uh, we don't really know how long it was, but knowing people's sinful tendency, it probably was about a couple minutes. Um, <laughs> you know, Adam and Eve fell, right? And, you know, we see that in the in December 3rd, the, the third day of reflection. Adam and Eve were tempted by sin, but it, we don't want to put too much uh, weight on the power of Satan. Uh, we, got, we got that sin inside of us that mm-hmm. uh, is easily tempted. So... Before we move on to the next, you know, sort of that the next big story, which is the story of Noah, uh, I guess I just want to ask you guys that, I don't know, when you think about this, the story of creation or and or the story of the temptation and the fall into sin, uh, and then we see at the very end of Genesis 3.15, or, you know, the verse Genesis 3.15 is that a great verse. Well, w- when you think about all these things, so there's something that sort of you are hoping for or waiting for, you know, or want to be quiet about in, in I don't know, I'm, I'm not asking a very clear question. I just, is there something in the, in the, these two stories that you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is just the, the power of God. When I, when I read through the creation story, there is so much power <laughs> in that story. And I think it's just easy to glaze over, uh, at least it is for me, to read that and be like, mm-hmm, God said, let there be light. But he was speaking things into into being that just by saying it, just make, like just saying it to happen and it happens. And it, it grabs me. There's something about the story of the creation that grabs me every time, just the, the pure energy and power that I so often don't consider and I don't think about, you know, behind the Lord and, and how he works and just this majesty it's mm-hmm. i don't know i can't put it into words and when you read about and then when i read the fall it's it's you know i, I think there's a part of me that's just like okay like lord what happened like you kind of failed us here it'd be easy to kind of be like you kind of blew it with us you let this thing in that like tempted us and but in the midst of all that like he was making promises even in the midst of the the fall of man he was promising to to bring a messiah promising to cover their sin and and in a way and i somebody mentioned this on another podcast that i was listening to where they were talking about you know the casting out of adam and eve from the from the garden and there a different way to think about it could be that the lord was pushing them towards the messiah in that in that way Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i feel like i I, th- I start with thinking, you know, we're made of from dust, you know, like that we're like really so small compared to the power of God, but then he gives us that living breath and makes, gives us life. And just the small, just a small idea of like, okay, this week I, I, I'm an artist. So I got a paper cut on my skin and my, on my <laughs> hands and it's so annoying, but it's healing and that things grow and that just, 
just like there's things that all over creation are pointing to things that heal. I mean, things break, but then there's healing going on. And mm. I, I can, I, I take it for granted that my skin is going to heal. Like, what if it didn't? What if it just every time you got a paper cut, it was just there forever? I mean, yeah. that would be horrible. But just remembering <laughs> these small things. But, um, but going into like Genesis three, I mean, God knows where they are, but He makes it relational by saying, "Where are you?" Mm. And I think there's such beauty in good questions and that's something that I'm, I'm asking God to help me better, be better at asking better questions that are more relationally yeah. based because that's how you get to know somebody. Right. And, um, he, he wants to show us that he wants to know us. <laughs> I mean, he knows yeah. everything about us, but he wants us to experience that being known. So I think that's the thing that I've been concentrating on is just being fully known. And, um, but also this is like, this is something really fresh about Adam and Eve that I've been thinking about. They had everything and then it was taken away from them. And then they were just stuck together and they just had each other. I mean, God was there and he had this whole plan for them. Right. But, but what would it feel like to be stuck together when you're blaming each other for what happened? Mm. And just that, that like tension to like, Oh, you gave me this woman, you gave me this man and I'm stuck with forever. You know, (laughs) like, Right. Just thinking about that, um, I mean, you know, we're in quarantine, so we're yeah. quote unquote stuck, stuck with a certain group of people right now, and things can get harder. And you know, but there's also this opportunity to trust that God can do something in our relationship. It's the real nitty gritty. I mean, my family is the place that I think God has given me the most for my sanctification, right? Like, and it's a sweet thing, but it's also it can be hard to be known and relationally vulnerable, I guess. Um, yeah. thinking about that I never really thought about Adam and Eve like, thinking of each other as being stuck together until this year for some reason but yeah. that's where I'm at <laughs> <laughs> the dynamic in that relationship especially right off the cusp of being uh, having exited Eden must have been really, pretty rough I can only imagine the conversations right yeah. <laughs> right no, that's a that's really fascinating, Sarah. You're right. The there could be both positive and negative. I'm being stuck. I'm stuck with this guy, um, or I'm stuck with this gal, and that can either be oh, I, I can see his sin so clearly, but it also can be well, I'm at least I'm stuck with you and I'm not on this alone. You know, there's there's right. two sides of it. Yeah, yeah, that's power. That's power. And consider talk about if there were ever any two people on the on the planet who really knew each other like down deep right. like yeah. they really had a sense of each other yeah um in ways i can't even begin to imagine yeah yeah well we then move into the story of redemptive history where the earth was corrupt and the earth was filled with violence. That's what mm. Genesis six eleven says. And it's it was bad. I, you know, I've, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but um, it, people often think that we're in the end times because life is terrible right now. And for some folks individually, life is terrible right now. Mm. But for the entire earth, pre, right in Noah's time, the entire earth was terrible. It was like a living hell. Mm. The earth was corrupt in every way. It was not, that's not hyperbolic. This was not just, there was injustice over here, but there was justice over on the other side. No, the entire earth was corrupt. And God decided to do something about it in this family of Noah, Noah and his family. And, you know, the story of Noah, if if you, if you know it well, it's in Genesis 6 through 9, and um, God redeems the world and brings these eight humans, Noah's family, and two of each animal out of the ark and gives them the promise of, uh, I will never flood the earth again, gives the promise symbol of the rainbow, that's the covenant sign of Noah, and it's a, you know, beautiful symbol of God saying that I will never inflict the punishment of sin on the world again, but I will instead say that the punishment of sin needs to be inflicted on me, on God himself, uh, which is, again, a promise to what's going to come in Jesus. And then 
December 5th, redempt the, the reflection is the story of the Tower of Babel. And again, it just continues to fall apart and hmm. people decide that they can see God, they can get to God on their own and they build this big tower and in a comical in a comical verse uh verse uh, Genesis 11 verse 7 you know before leading up to verse 7 the people of God say I'm going to reach God so we're going to build this giant tower and then verse 7 God says come let's go down there and confuse their language let's, <laughs> or or verse 5 and the Lord came down to see the city like you know the Lord had to come down to see this great thing that we thought we could get to right and disperse them um and that's a great point <laughs> <laughs> right and so you know like this this is like these are the stories that we have up until the time of the patriarchs where we get into like the the story of the church the the story of israel but so before we get to abram and the calling of abram we have these stories of prehistory these genesis 1 through 11 like god dealing with all of humanity in a very general way. I don't have any other thoughts about that, but do you guys have any thoughts about, I don't know, the two stories of Noah and the story of the Tower of Babel? I mean, it could have been really easy for God just to be done. If I were, you know, if it, it's, it's, always, it's always speculative, right? When you say, well, if I were God, I would have just like wiped it out, like be done with this, maybe start over, <laughs> start from scratch. Like, but he didn't, yeah. and he didn't have to. And, you know, he, he chose Noah and his family, and, but certainly Noah, I mean, the first thing, maybe it was celebrating, but I mean, the first thing Noah does when the, you know, everybody's laying out, the flood goes away is, you know, he gets, he drinks a little too much and uh, mm-hmm. things get a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's, that's a nice way of saying that's it. That's a nice way of saying it. it you yeah. know, folks can go read that. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, it wasn't like they were, um, I don't know. It's not like they were shining pillars of righteousness, but he chose, he chose Noah and this family to carry on the legacy of the human race. And there, there's a lot of mercy yeah. there. A lot of mercy. I'm grateful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. I, I feel like, oh man, I, I feel, um, well, first of all, I always said the Tower of Babel, so I feel like I'm just totally wrong. But no, Babel, Babel, Tower of Babel. Babel, okay, whatever it is. Um, here's the here's the great thing. I just, in a, I don't is, know. <laughs> no, Sarah. Here's the great thing. In in Hebrew, there's no vowel, so you know it could oh, be Tower okay. of Bible. Hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So there you go. So Babylon, because <laughs> I just, I like to babble. I'll go babble. Yeah, I I feel. I feel like I've been thinking about that in terms of um, like culturally today, everyone's on, you know, social media and things like that, because it kind of seems that's where we're hanging out virtually. Cause uh, you know, if you want to be with people, you can't be with people all the time. Right. And so yeah. it's, it seems like in a, in a virtual way, we're kind of building up this tower in and in I don't know. I mean, this is just our propensity as humans. We want to, to figure out a way to solve everything. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's just never going to be the real thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I think it's hilarious that there's something called Facebook because it's like, I'm not seeing anyone's real face and I'm not, I'm definitely not reading a book, but anyway, (laughs) these things that are, um, we're building up all this. And, and I think it's so interesting because, I mean, if you just think about, you know, all the division and disagreements that people are having, even within our own families and things like that, it feels like the confusion is a part of my life right now. Like, and we're just not understanding each other. We might be speaking the same language in some ways, but we're not speaking the same language, you know? And so just thinking about our connection with these, you know, these people so long ago, I feel, feel we, we, how relevant, you know, like how relevant that I can enter into this and be like, yep, I, I get this right now a little yeah. bit. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, you know, the whole earth was filled with violence. But I know the corruption of my own heart. I know the corruption of like the people, you know, when you see, when you see each other saying like, it's just really heavy. And just to feel that, to know that God is like, I'm going to make a promise with these people anyway. And I'm going fi- to figure out a way to save them. Yeah. And here's, here's my beautiful rainbow to remind you of this, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, generative yeah. love that I have. And um, side note, I can't help but say this, but I, as an artist, I just think it's so cool that you can use seven colors and make 
millions of colors out of them. Like it's just amazing. Huh. And mm-hmm. so to think about that, like we, we just can be so limited in our viewpoint just to remember like God's a lot bigger and more and more creative than, than my imagination. But it's yeah. like you know, he's he's still yoking himself to us to give us a future and a hope. Like what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So the 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 last sort of main section of this uh, of what we're talking about in this episode is this large section from Genesis twelve to thirty five or thirty six. Which one is this? Is it thirty five or thirty six? I'm going to thirty six. Genesis twelve through thirty six is this story of if you had a telescope. Genesis one is obviously the entire creation. Genesis 2 gets really narrow in the creation of humanity. Genesis 3 stays there as they fall from grace and fall into and bring death and sin into this world. It then widens back out in Genesis 4 through 11 in these large global stories of the, the, the global flood, the Tower of Babel. And then in Genesis 12, the telescope narrows back in again, right down onto this one man Hmm. of Abram. And it focuses in on God calling this one man. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And one of the great things that just the common thread of the story of Abram, the story of Abraham is he was nothing. There is no reason why God would pick this guy. There's just absolutely no reason why God would pick this guy. Just God picked him. God picked hmm. this guy and said, from you, I will build this nation. From you, I will build the kingdom. And God picks him and Abram believes, believed the Lord. And there's this faithfulness that from the, from this moment on, all the way through all of the scripture, we see this faith of Abraham because God called Abram to do some pretty crazy things, Mm -hmm. um, including, you know, the horrible story of sacrificing Isaac, his, the promised son, uh, in Genesis 22, I mean, it's a, a horrible story that we don't have time to talk about. Uh, but in that story, <laughs> God provides a ram, right? God provides this sacrifice, this, uh, this um, substitute uh, in the place of innocent Isaac. You know, Isaac was innocent. Isaac was a kid. He didn't deserve to die uh, on the altar on that mountain. But God saved him and rescued him and and off and provided a substitute ram. And it's a beautiful picture. And yet God's calling Abram to do some crazy things. And Abram continued to believe him and had that faith, which, you know, could fill volumes right. of discussing what does that mean? What is that faith of Abraham? You know, the last section is probably one of the cool stories of Rachel and Leah. These are the, you know, the wife and concubine, the two wives, if you will, of Jacob, who was later to be named Israel. And one of these common threads in all of these patriarchal stories before we get to Joseph is land and children, land and children. And it just goes back and forth between, you know, God saying, Abram, I'm going to provide you this land. And they would go and they would find a place and there would be people there and they can't be there. And so Abram would try to connive to try to get land or not to be kicked off the land. And people would freak out because God is intervening in spite of what Abraham is trying to connive. <laughs> and, you know, they he's God is providing land for Abram and his descendants, even though Abram is trying to connive his way out of it um, or he's trying to connive his way into it, but it's just not working. And at the same time, sort of like going back and forth, you have that land narrative. You also have this narrative of children and Abram and Sarah, Isaac and um, um, Rebecca. Rebecca, thank you. Isaac and Rebecca. And then Jacob and Rachel and Leah. Like there's constant infertility. There's constant, I'm not going to have a kid. I'm too old. We don't have kids. We don't have kids. And God continuing to say, you're trying to connive. You're trying to figure it out on your own. 
mm-hmm. but I, God, have got it figured out. You have a promised child. It's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And these are just sort of like the common themes through these patriarchal stories. So I guess mm. I I ask you to, like, when you hear that description or when you read these scripture passages uh, about these stories, is there anything about that that you, I don't know, resonate with? Yeah. I mean, the conni- the conniving, as you, as you described it, yeah. right? I. I've always found it hard, right? Because, and I think I've mentioned this to you, Joe, like in our small group, that there, there's there's this like thin line between like doing what you're supposed to, taking care of your responsibilities. The farm isn't going to grow itself. You got to go out and plow the fields and do the work and, you know, put your blood, sweat, and tears into something. And But at the end of the day, God's the one who brings the crop, right? Mm-hmm. Brings the rain and all the other things. But there still has to be some work done. And sometimes I get, it's hard to know, am I conniving? Am I conniving <laughs> in my responsibilities here in some way? Um, or am I just doing what I should be doing? And sometimes that's hard to like put my finger on, you know, like am, am I kind of pushing over the line here a little too far or at all? Mm-hmm. So that can be that can be tough sometimes. And I, I find myself having to really kind of pray through those things and asking for God's wisdom that I, that I'm not being conniving in my attempts um, at something or trying to just maybe like just quote unquote, making it happen. You know, I'm going to make this happen. So, you know, whether it's, you know, you lost your job as a result of COVID and you've been unemployed and, but you've, you've still got to go to work, but you're also praying and asking God to bless you with a good job. You know, at what point in that process are you just trying to quote unquote, make it happen? you know, or connive your way into something um, that maybe God doesn't want for you. So that can be a challenge sometimes. And I I would imagine there was some wrestling going on around there. But the other thing was I was thinking about Abram too, and God just choosing him out of nowhere, it seems. Yeah. And that's hard to put my hands around because uh, when you think of a a faith story, how, how you may have come to faith or somebody maybe from church or there was somebody in your life who kind of pointed you to Jesus and God used that person. It doesn't really mention that in this story of Abraham. There was no good friend that, Hey, Hey Abram, why don't you come to church with me? You know, or, uh, God just picked him. And he, like you said, he believed like, uh, what an amazing act of faith. Yeah. 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 I, Oh, I, I, I had so many thoughts and now I'm like new thoughts are dawning. So I think something that I first thought of was kind of the self-protection avenue that I can take as a human where I'm trying to figure it out and I'm going to make it happen because, you know, I have to, I don't know. I just, I, I have to like make sure that God's promise will be, <laughs> will be fulfilled, which is so ridiculous that I have to make sure like that's just wrong thinking. But um, I'm just, I'm laughing because literally in, in on the December 6th, on Genesis 12, 15, it says, fear not, Abram, I'm your shield. Your reward shall be very great. It's like, I don't have to self-protect, right? Like, I can trust that he is my yeah. shield. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, my name is Sarah, so I have always been a little drawn to this passage. But yeah. I remember really feeling like the, the really the, like the transfiguration of laughter in this story to me is so beautiful. Cause I think her, her laughter of kind of unbelief feels almost like sarcastic, like, Oh, haha, of course. Yeah. And, and then to like change into, to like a believing laughter, like, Oh, you did this. This is shocking. This, I didn't deserve this. I was, I wasn't really believing you before, you know, to think yeah. that, um, to imagine what that might've been like. Um, and just the fact that he changes their names in the midst of the story. Like, I, I mean, every time there's a name change, I'm just blown away. This is how God is, is really wanting us to get something different about who we are as our, in our identity. But I don't know. I think that there's something about this, this conniving thing. I mean, we, we are so prone to do it. Why yeah. is that? I mean, it's just so like, and to rationalize and, um, you know, whatever, make any excuse necessary, but or blame or whatever. But um, something that I listened to, I listened to a talk about shame this week, and I thought uh, it was really cool. Uh, the guy was saying that to fear is kind of to be human. I mean, we at, at this point, like in our broken, fallen, cursed <laughs> humanity, we, we fear. And that's why it's so sweet that 
God says fear not so many times in the Bible. Um, he knows, he knows that we're afraid and, um, mm. but we can just believe he's going to be our shield. What? That's awesome. I don't know. I just want to, <laughs> I want to yeah. think more yeah. about that, but that's just fresh off the Sarah brain. Fresh, fresh off the Sarah brain. Oh, that's great. Well, I you said transfiguration of laughter, and I thought, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to yeah. be the name of the episode, I think. <laughs> transfiguration yeah. of laughter. Yeah. Transfiguration. Yeah, because I think even our laughter can be self-protective. Like, in this time, I don't know if you've used a lot of humor to kind of, I don't know, smooth things over in your life, but I definitely have. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it helps to laugh so you don't cry. Right. Yeah. Um, but when he, when it's that real like belly laugh, laughter, you know, it's just something that's, that's the good news is that there's that kind of mirth for us as yeah. his children. Like what? That's, I love that. Yeah. Um, I love, that is great. That is great. So I guess, you know, we've now come to the end of this little section because the redemptive story continues uh, with the story of Joseph, one of these children of uh, Jacob, one of these children of Israel is Joseph. And um, we'll pick up the story there and we'll move on into Exodus and and uh, the Davidic kingdom. Um, but from here to there, <laughs> from here to back and back again, uh, we have been discussing this redemptive story, but the point of it is God trying to get our attention that this is, there's nothing new under the sun. Things that we struggle with, even in a COVID-19 quarantine, that even in a, in a year of 2020 that has been defined as unprecedented in many ways, we know from reading this story over and over again that it's not unprecedented. Everything we're doing, dealing with is precedented. Um, it's just maybe looks a little different. So I, I don't know if I'm asking you to say anything more, um, but uh, I guess I just want to say, you know, as we conclude this time, that if Gordon, Sarah, Joe, if we have anything that we want to say that's sort of just encouraging our listeners that uh, God is waiting, God is seated on the throne, that everything we're dealing with in quarantine is not unprecedented, whatever it may be. Is there something that you guys want to share as we conclude? Um, my, my encouragement would be, you know, God will see us through, you know, uh, when you think about these stories and all the, the crazy stuff that happened from the fall to the flood, um, to the Tower of Babel, to, you know, Abram and the life that he led and the unbelievable things that God did and the way he worked in Abraham's life. I, God will see his people through every single time, no doubt, you know, and it's so easy for me to lose sight of that um, in the midst of quarantine and COVID and friends and family being, you know, experiencing job loss and not being able to find a job or, um, you know, family who are sick or friends who have family who are sick, um, neighbors, people who are passing away. And in the midst of this thing that we're all going through that seems so unbelievably hard, hard has been going on for a long time. And like you said, and you know, God will see his people through to the end and he'll do it every single time. And he'll be intimately involved in, in everything that goes on in your life, um, no matter how great or no matter how hard. And I think we, we can trust in that. It's so easy to say. I know. It's super easy to say. It's super easy to talk about. It's, it's another thing to be in the midst of it. But we can trust. We can. The, the Word of God will tell us that. Um, the Spirit of God testifies to that in our lives. And Jesus will see us through. That's good, Gordon. Well, I, I think I want to talk a little bit about Leah. I meant to say something earlier, but I was thinking about that whole story, Leah and Rachel and Jacob, and then the, that they also get some servants involved with the children and making, it's just, they're just the biggest mess. I mean, we're just, people, we're messy. Um, but I I was just thinking with Leah, she's, 
she's like, okay, now this time my husband's going to love me. Now that he's, if I have this baby, like this is going to happen, this is going to happen. Like we're all concerned about being approved of. And, and I think, you know, right now it's like, am I doing enough? Is this enough? And I'm thinking, you know, um, when she has Judah, she says, this time I will praise the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I've had a couple of moments in the past week where I've been like, okay, I've got to do this. And I've got to do this. And um, what if I just sat and said, this time I'll praise the Lord. <laughs> and just, you know, and she ends up making more mistakes later. But the point is, um, we can go to him and praise him in the midst of it. Um, and that and that can look like lament. I think that's actually like, I just yeah. finished the lament study from this summer. I did it this fall. Um, and then we also have been doing the women's ministry. We've been doing the, the study of uh, Ruth. And so we've been slowly walking with Naomi and Ruth. And it feels a lot more like lament right now in yeah. that story because um, we have only gotten through chapter one. So just thinking like I can I can praise the Lord in the midst of that, really believe that he's working and he understands and he cares about this heavy stuff that I'm walking through too. Um, and he cares about that for you. And, um, and that I love, I think Steve said this in one of the sermons, like his kingdom's not thwarted. He's not going to fail. <laughs> he's already, yeah. he's already established. And so just to um, really trust that and, but to be honest with how you're feeling, because yeah. um, I, I, um, I saw a feeling chart at the pool the other day <laughs> wow. and uh, it was just hanging on the pool. And normally I'm like, Oh, mindfulness stuff, you know, like whatever. And I was like, <laughs> actually I looked at it and I thought, Oh, I'm actually angry. And I didn't even realize it, but because I had to look at the other words to figure out that it led me that I am experiencing some anger. And I just told God I'm angry and yeah. I could do that because he's, he's our father and he cares. And, um, and I was disappointed. You know, I, I could just tell yeah. him that. And so I think in that, in the midst of everything, just to, just to be honest with that. Um, yeah. And to remember there's, uh, there's a way to um, deal with those things that yeah. is good and a way that is bad. And um, to ask him for help, to help us trust him with it and to yeah. give us the means to do that so we can have good fruit in our lives. Cause I think that's what we really want. We want it. We want to see the fruit, but it's the waiting part that's hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think my encouragement is just um, be honest and with each other. Community helps a lot with that. Yeah. To say it out loud. Yeah. yeah. I've been really encouraged this week. So that's, that's a great word. That's a good, I, I love that you saw a feelings chart at the pool. This man. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I did laugh at first. And I was like, that's lame. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah. actually, it's really helpful right now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it, it, it is definitely not lame. I'll definitely, t I'll tell you that, you know, we are yeah. in many ways structuring our whole Advent thing around a children's book. So um, hey. there's nothing lame about that. That's all right. There's nothing lame. No. And, yeah. and we are children. That's what we get to be. We get that's to grow right. up to yes. be children of God. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Uh, each of these days in this Advent Reflection, there's a, a prayer at the end. Uh, all these prayers are prayers from one of, you know, one of my favorite reformers. That would be uh, Jean Calvin, uh, the, great, <laughs> the great Frenchman, John Calvin. And uh, he wrote these prayers as part of his uh, sermons and commentaries on uh, the major and minor prophets. And so you can find all these these prayers as part of his commentaries if you have those. Um, but I went through and found ones that I thought these prayers were, were appropriate, not only to the specific text, but also to the larger story of redemption. And, you know, one of the things that we are Christians, we read the Old Testament through the lens of the cross. Now, we want to understand it in its original context, so I, I want to read the story, the, every Old Testament story, um, understanding how the original audience would understand it. Obviously, they don't know who the Messiah is or when the Messiah would come, um, so there is knowledge to be learned from there. But also, um, we read it through the lens of the cross. I mean, ultimately, as we read in Hebrews 1, everything is pointing to Jesus, he is the ultimate answer. And so I didn't want anyone to walk away from any of these days of Advent reflections 
without explicit pointing to the salvation we have in Jesus Christ. I mean, that's that's what we do. What, what did Paul say? Like, if if Jesus hasn't been raised, risen from the dead, we do all this for vain. You know, this is a... Uh, this is useless. This is trash, what we do if Jesus truly wasn't resin, yeah. uh, resurrected from the dead. I want to end with the prayer for December 1. This is the very first prayer of our Advent. Grant, Almighty God, that as we are at this day so scattered on account of our sins, and even they who seem to be collected in thy name and under thy authority are yet so torn by mutual discords that the safety of thy church hangs, as it were, on a thread, while in the meantime thine enemies seem with savage cruelty to destroy all those who are thine and to obliterate thy gospel. O grant that we may live in quietness and resignation hoping in thy promises, so that we may not doubt, but that thou, in due time, will become our deliverer. And may we so patiently bear to be afflicted and cast down by thee, that we may ever raise up our groans to heaven, so as to be heard through the name of thy Son, until being at length freed from every contest, we shall enjoy that blessed rest that is laid up for us in heaven, and that thine only begotten Son has procured for us. Amen. 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 Thank you, Dad.